Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter on episode 68. So, on this week's episode, we're going to be talking to you about college basketball, the extreme football league, the MLB, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. Let's not even hesitate and go right into probably the beef of what we're going to be talking about. Hold, the, hold, 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 hold up, uh, hold up, what? Does, does XFL, is, does it for extreme football league? Is that what it stands for? Well, that's what it stood for in the 2000s. I, I just don't know. I, I believe you. I just, I just never knew. Uh, let me check. I, I'm assuming it is. I don't know why it wouldn't be the same as the original XFL. I mean, it's owned by the same guy, so... Yeah. It is, it isn't. Alpha Entertainment. I don't actually know. It doesn't say. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> well, that'll be your job over the course of the episode, is to figure that out for us. Okay, I hope so. I just didn't make something up. I also kind of hope that I did. That would it's be, fine, though. See, that's what I'm here for, just to make sure we're not making stuff up. Everything we say here is 100% truthful, except for the stuff that isn't. Just, like, <laughs> throw that out there. You be the judge of that. That's my what job. Is in, what is and isn't am, truthful? I am the arbiter of what is and isn't correct on this podcast. Like, your bad prediction that we're going to take off the board later, Kyle. It was, actually, okay. it was actually a really good prediction. It was a really good prediction that... Unfortunately, that, uh, became really unraveled on, Sat- on Saturday. That game was on Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, diving into the meat of our uh, podcast, as Wyatt said, the biggest thing to happen in the world of cyclone sports, at least, happened, of course, on the men's basketball court this time of year, but it wasn't about the results of a game. Um, for those of you who haven't heard, on Saturday in the second half, I think it was, against K-State, Tyrese Halliburton fell hard under the basket and broke his wrist, his left wrist. Um, he is done for the season, the university announced today. Um, today being Monday. Um, he, is, he actually came back into that game and played after he got hurt. So, like, props, like, you're an idiot. Like, you've got your potential top five draft pick. Why are you playing injured? But, like, props to you, like, for going out there and trying. And he wasn't terribly effective when he was out there. He was playing on one hand, basically, which if you've ever tried to play basketball on one hand, you'd know it's nearly impossible. But props to him for getting it out and try to, trying to get out there and play, knowing how important he is to that team and getting out there and trying to make a difference. Um, so, as we said, his season is definitely over. I presume his ISU career is probably over. I mean, he was a projected top five draft pick before the injury. Presuming the injury isn't too serious, which I don't think it is because it doesn't require surgery. Um, He's a month in a cast and then a month in a splint, and then he can rehab from there. So, you know, mid-April he can get back to rehabbing. He'll be fine for the combine and everything. So, well, maybe not fine, but. He'll be rehabbing at least by the combine. So I don't think his draft stock gets hurt too much, and I still think he leaves. I don't know what you two have to think about that. But if he uh, if he does leave, it was a heck of a heck of a career for Halliburton, even though he really only got one and a half years because of this injury. Nobody's going to – Okay. You're both just going to sit there and not talk about when I probe you with uh, do you think he's still going to leave question. You both just sort of sit there and smile at me smugly. I I think we've seen the last of Tyrese Halliburton in a, in a Cyclones uniform. That's it. He's going to go be a lottery pick, and I don't blame him. He should go make his money. Like, especially, like, the only reason that I would have seen him staying at Iowa State is if he played it an entire healthy season and with the recruiting class coming in, he saw something special and wanted to stay and try and do something big at Iowa state. But now since he's gotten injured, he's gotten a taste of how his career could be altered by an injury. So now he's going to go and make his money while he has the chance to. So I think yeah. he'll do just that. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the right thing for him to do. Um, going forward for the Cyclones, how does this Cyclones team respond to it? I mean, we saw how bad this team can look 
when he doesn't play against what was that Florida A and M or was it Florida International? One of the two. Florida A and M. Florida A and M. The worst loss of the season. The worst loss maybe in Cyclone history. Definitely the worst loss of the decade. Yeah. Oh wait, no, because it happened. Never mind. It happened in 2019. Yeah, I'm out of here. It was the last game of 2019. Yes, it was. And you could argue that that loss to UW Milwaukee back in 2017 was also pretty awful because it was. That was the game where I asked you guys, "Is this Cyclone team gonna? Is the basketball team gonna win more football game or win win more games than the football team?" Because there was doubt at one point. That's how bad that team was. But anyway, I still think it was one of the worst losses in uh, in Cyclone basketball history. Anyway, how does this team go forward? What's got to be the strategy? going forward in order to, to not embarrass themselves and lose the rest of their games, basically, because that's what this team is looking at. Um, it's going to be embarrassing. I don't know if there's really um, much of a way around this. Um, one of the like one of the keys, especially that I took away from the K-State game, is Razier Bolton needs to play under control. The amount of stupid turnovers that I saw him make while trying to push the ball and be too aggressive where it like, I was just like, he's, he's giving away so many possessions for this team that we can't afford to lose um, in the big, in big 12 play, especially. Um, I don't know. I like, I've seen, I've seen some people talk about um, potentially starting Solomon Young, Michael Jacobson and George Condadol at the same time and going like jumbo but I don't know if I I don't know if that's going to be good for this team because both of the all three of those players have the ability to get in foul trouble quickly, especially Solomon Young, um, which was seen against K State. He scored uh, eleven points really early in the game after he got the start again, um, replacing George Condit since Solomon Young's been playing better recently. He got into foul trouble early, and then George Condit had to play the, pretty much the rest of the first half. Um, so in that case, I don't think we are physically able to play those three players at the same time because they all feed into the same position pretty much. So, and they all have the ability of getting into foul trouble really early. Um, so I don't think that would happen. I don't think that can happen. And that's not Prome's style of basketball and he doesn't usually change very much. Um, but pretty much the only way for this team to go forward and not embarrass themselves is don't turn the ball over and don't get into foul trouble and make make your free throws. That's that in my opinion, that's the recipe for this team not embarrassing themselves for the rest of the year. But then who do you start? Right? You gotta gotta Trey play Jack- somebody. Trey Jackson, Razier Bolton, Terrence Lewis, Solomon Young, Michael Jacobson. So you you replace him with Terrence Lewis in the starting lineup, basically? When Terrence Lewis has been given opportunities this season, he has responded. He was given opportunities in this last game against K-State, 12 points. Uh, he was given – he played uh, really, really well uh, in the game before the Auburn game, uh, which was against Oklahoma State. Uh, he played phenomenally in that game. Um, it There are times when he's been – he has played well – and it's when he's seen the most minutes on the court. Like in all other games, he's averaging four or five minutes a game in Big 12 play. If he I sees mean, the court, gets more time, gets into a rhythm, he's been playing really well for this team. I mean, you could also say that some of that is confirmation bias because he's playing when games turn into blowouts against the really bad teams in the Big 12, like K State and Oklahoma State. You just named the only two teams in the conference worse than the Cyclones. I mean, I get that, but I, I'd like to see Prome at least give him an opportunity against some of the better yeah. teams and see how he responds. I mean, he's not going to have a choice, right? Lewis is going to have to play significant minutes now without Halliburton. Give the kid an opportunity. It's not like Prentice Nixon has been any help to this team this year. What? He had a couple big shots against K-State. Woo-woo. Before that, he was, he was shooting like... 15% from three this season. That's garbage. I don't think Prentice Nixon deserves the starting role anymore. I think it needs to be Trey Jackson. Get Trey Jackson ready for next season. Razier Bolton, but harness him. Reel him back in a little bit so he's not wildly out of control all the time. 
Give Terrence Lewis some opportunity. Give him some minutes. Put Solo in uh, because Solo has been playing phenomenally the past couple of games with some great energy. And keep Michael Jacobson in because we need senior leadership. I mean, Nixon certainly hasn't been useless. I mean, he's averaging like six, seven points a game. That's that's not bad by any means. It's, it's not useless, but he's been he's been putting up too he, many shots, and he's he, not. He isn't shooting well from the field, for sure. He's only shooting 34% from the field, but still eight points, three rebounds, two assists. But that's that's good for a bench player, not a starting player. I mean, he's only playing 27 minutes. That's not a ton of minutes either. It's not like he's playing 36 minutes a game. But I, I, was, referenc- I was referencing to before they finally put Trey Jackson into the starting lineup, finally. Yeah. I don't think Nixon should slide back in. I think you give... Terrence Lewis a chance first, and then if that doesn't work, then you put Nixon back in. Yeah, that's fair. I'm fine with giving Lewis the chance. I mean, Nixon is a senior. He's not coming back next year. Lewis is a junior, so he'll be back. But, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. This team is going to lose a lot of basketball games down the stretch. So it is a good thing, though, that they did win a game before they're going to go on this long losing streak. Um well, they did get absolutely embarrassed by West Virginia early in the week. The last the um, the last time that game was in single digits, it was fifteen to six West Virginia at the under sixteen timeout in the first half. The Cyclones were down double digits for basically thirty five minutes of that game. That's just embarrassing. Not a great game. That's embarrassing. Like I don't care that it's on the road against a top ten team. That is embarrassing being down by double digits for 35 minutes. And apparently something that happened lit a fire under them because they came out and basically did to K-State what West Virginia did to them. I mean, there wasn't quite as much domination. I mean, that game was – the Cyclones jumped out to like an 18-2 to two lead or something. It was The lead was back to nine at halftime. But really they kept K-State at arm's reach the entire time, even after Halliburton went out. So – Good win against K-State, unfortunately, might be the last win they get this year, unless they get lucky and beat somebody. So, again, the results probably don't matter that much here down the stretch, but it'll be interesting to see how some of the young players perform to see what we might be looking at going into next year with, uh, with Xavier Foster coming in. So, time to start looking forward to football season, Cyclone fans, because that might be the next time we win. And speaking of football season, football is over. But football, football isn't is actually over. over. Football isn't actually over. Football and is over of course, like a month and a half. Of course, you ago. wouldn't know that because apparently you didn't watch any of these games. No, I didn't. Um, I hate bad football. Like you had something <laughs> better to do with your life. Uh, I hate bad football. There's a lot of things better in life than watching bad football. I'll tell you that. Hey, but there is nothing better than watching football when Pat McAfee is the sideline reporter. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Pat McAfee is probably my new favorite person, and it is my goal to get Pat McAfee as a guest on our podcast. Get after it. Add him to the list. Please do that. I'm planning on it. Pat McAfee. We'll we'll slot him in right behind Drew Brees. Pat McAfee. He's number one. Uh-huh. You have been charged. From the first episode. We've been trying to get Drew Brees since our first episode. I mean, we haven't actually no. been trying. Like, we should, like, shoot his manager an email and be like, hey. Yeah, we should. That would be, and you know, guess, how awesome. And guess, and guess whose podcast interviewed Drew Brees during Super Bowl week? Mine. Pat McAfee's podcast. Oh, so there's he, our in. He's our in. We'll have connections that way. Maybe Drew Brees will uh, tell us on our podcast we could be the exclusive on what he's going to do for next season. You never know. But the current XFL season is now underway in its revamp year. Uh, Eight teams uh, played over the course of two days, um, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Games were televised on ABC uh, Fox and ESPN, I believe, were the three networks that covered these games. Um, the game that I actually watched was actually an interesting, I thought a fairly interesting game. 
between the St. Louis Battlehawks and the Dallas Commanders. Uh, every sports book uh, and anybody basically has picked Dallas to be the favorites to win uh, the XFL this year. But this week uh, was not the case as St. Louis went to Globe Life Park and beat the Dallas Commanders in a score of 15 to 9. Odd football score. We'll get into that in a little bit um, of kind of why these scores look like this. Uh, then Tampa Bay goes to New York and doesn't perform very well. Uh, Tampa Bay looks like the um, semi-professional Oregon Ducks with their uniforms being a very weird highlighter color. Um, not sure that I'm a big fan of those those colors, but whatever. Uh, New York Guardians win uh, 23-3 in that game. Uh, the D.C. Defenders uh, look like a very formidable team. They're led by uh, formal na- former national champion uh, Cardell Jones, um, who was a fallout in the NFL because he's surprisingly bad, but he's good in the XFL. Uh, and they beat bad football. And they beat the Seattle Dragons with a score of 31 to 19. The other team in uh, Texas, the Houston Roughnecks, uh, had a good game against the LA Wildcats, and they won 30. What team? LA Wildcats. Wildcats. Thank you, Wyatt. I'm glad you picked up on that. I'm hoping somebody would get that reference. I did get it, but I wasn't about to give you the privilege of me saying that, so of hearing me say that. So there you go. Hardcore Sports Podcast here. They beat the Wildcats with a final score of 37 to 17. And after that beat down, the LA Wildcats fired their defensive coordinator. So this is a semi-cutthroat league since this is a semi-professional league. Also, one thing to note is St. Louis does have a uh, washed up uh, a Big 12 safety uh, that is eligible for the NFL draft and is actually trying to uh, be drafted by an NFL team. He's the first college, uh, a first college or person with NCAA eligibility to play in the XFL. Um, so that was an interesting note. All in all, seemed like a pretty good opening week uh, for the XFL. Pat McAfee is an absolute gem on television. I love him. He was out running around on the field. Uh, trying to get interviews. If you didn't see, Marquette King had a phenomenal punt that uh, downed itself at the one-yard line, but then the gunner uh, fell on it in the end zone, and Pat McAfee immediately ran over to the sideline of the guy who botched the botched the play and interviewed him right away. Phenomenal. Great television. Love it. Pat McAfee's a gym. He needs to get actual airtime in NFL football games. But moving on, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the new rules that are different from the NFL. We've touched on a few of these before, uh, but just to hammer them home, the first one is the new kickoff rule. So uh, in this rule, the kicker will kick from the 30-yard line and must kick the ball in the air and in play between the opponent's yard line and the end zone. Uh, So it has to go um, a full, what is that? It has to go a full uh, 50 yards, at least 50 to 70 yards um, in the air and cannot go out of bounds at all. The coverage team then lines up on the return side, 35-yard line, and the return team lines up on the 30-yard line. Uh, Each team must have exactly three players outside the hash marks on both sides of the ball and cannot move until the ball is caught by the returner. Out-of-bounds kicks and kicks that fall short of the 20-yard line result in an illegal procedure penalty, and then the ball goes to the kicking team's 45-yard line. Uh, Players can move when the ball is touched by the returner or three seconds after the ball touches the ground, Uh, so the official designates that by waving his hand down. Uh, If the ball is kicked into the end zone, it is downed. It is a major touchback, and the ball is placed at the return side 35-yard line. If the ball bounces... Yeah. What? Major touchback. That means there's a minor touchback? You interrupted me. If the ball bounces inbounds and then out of the end zone or is downed in the end zone, the ball is placed at the return side 15-yard line, a minor touchback. 
If a player on the return team touches the ball and it goes out of bounds, the ball is spotted where it went out of bounds. If a team wishes to run an onside kick, it must indicate this to the official before the play, and the two teams will be permitted to line up using traditional NFL rules, i.e. 10 yards apart from the kicking team. No surprise, onside kicks. And then another one that I want to talk about is the one, two, and three point uh, optional plays after scoring a touchdown. So after a touchdown, the team has the option of running a play from the two-yard line, the five-yard line, or the 10-yard line, uh, and it's worth one, two, or three points, respectively. Um, each team has to run an offensive play. No kicking plays are allowed. Uh, and this is basically because the NFL or the XFL is saying the rationale behind this is that the, the extra point is nearly automatic, so they've tried to create more excitement. Um, replacing the kick with a play from scrimmage and trying to get more analytics involved in the game about which one is the better one to go for. Uh, two things. I don't know if we mentioned this, but former Iowa State offensive lineman Jake Campos is playing yep. for the Battlehawks. I don't know if that was brought up Saint or not. St. Louis Battlehawks, yep. Yeah, I saw it on TV while I was watching it. I was like, hey, that's Jake Campos. Oh, and oh, also related, kind of unrelated, but related. Uh, who is our long snapper? Former long snapper. Um, Steve Rochelle. Yeah, he's invited to the combine. Yeah, he's going to the combine. I don't know if that was, you know, Iowa State football. Since we're in the football section of the podcast, just want to make sure those were known. Also, that I'm dumb and the extreme football league was something I heard off of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't name it the Extreme Football League because that was already apparently a thing back in 2000, whoever knows, whenever. And uh, the X actually doesn't stand for anything, I think. The, yes. the rationale was the X is, it stands for everything that's not the NFL, I think is what they were quoted as saying in like 2002 or whatever. That's probably not the case nowadays anyway, but it's not, it's not the Extreme Football League. It's not the X-rated Football League. It's just the XFL. So I'm only kind of dumb, but it's fine. Well, I mean, it, I guess some people could say it's the X-rated Football League because there were two F-bombs <laughs> dropped on live television. Also part of the uh, comedic relief when you get uh, reporters that can literally run onto the field and run to sidelines. Pat McAfee was drenched in sweat in Dallas running around trying to get uh, great television for us and for all of the viewers. Phenomenal. Phenomenal mic work by Pat McAfee. Didn't they, uh, the original XFL have cameramen on the field during plays? Do you guys remember that? Yes. I mean, they, and the original XFL invented uh, the Skycam. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the only good thing to come out of that league at the time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of other things that I don't really have an idea of what's going on about, can we talk about the MLB's new... Uh, well, do you want to talk about the playoff format? Or do you want to talk about the whole trade deal? We should talk, talk about, about you know? this, this debacle from this week first. Yes. I, I'm, I'm for that. All right. May I, Kyle, since I was most plugged in, since the Twins were kind of involved? Yes, and then I will, I will yeah, clean I'll, up whatever you leave for me. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so Tuesday night, about 8.40, news breaks that um, – that Mookie Betts was traded. Mookie Betts and David Price were traded to the Dodgers for um, a guy whose name I can't pronounce. And then that there was In a the mystery. Maeda. No, 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 no. I'm not there yet. Oh. I'm not there yet. Some like Vertugo or something, an oh. outfielder. Vertugo. Verdugo. Verdugo. There it is. An outfielder for uh, from the Dodgers. And that there was a mystery team involved who would also be uh, sending players off to the Red Sox in this deal. About 20 minutes later, it turns out that this mystery team is the Minnesota Twins. And that they are sending top pitching prospect Blue Star Gratterall um, out to Boston. And that they are getting Kenta Maneda from the um, Dodgers. Right? Okay. Everything seems well and good. Everyone's digesting that trade. L.A. fans are really happy. Boston fans are really unhappy. And Twins fans are like, where on earth did this come from? Because there were no rumors that the Twins were going to make a trade before that happened. Um, 
And then, you know, everything's good. Everyone's presuming as if the trade has happened because, you know, that's how things work in the MLB. And then over the next couple of days, it turns out that Boston is now asking for more in this trade. They say it's because they looked at Gratterall's medical records and they saw he couldn't, wasn't going to hold up as a starting pitcher, which was, you know, sort of public knowledge by the fact that the Twins were saying, hey, Gratterall is not going to be a starting pitcher. We were using him out of the bullpen. So that might have been the first indication that he wasn't going to be a starting pitcher is that he wasn't going to be used as a starting pitcher. Anyway, so the tr- so Boston, L.A., Minnesota, everything, they just start renegotiating this deal. And for like th- like four days, this whole thing is in shambles, right? Eventually, it's, it's said that the Twins are just out. The Twins aren't going to happen in this deal. Everything was in limbo. And then on Sunday again, all the pieces start to fall together. So the Dodgers and Red Sox ended up completing the trade for bets without um, the Twins. The uh, the Dodgers ended up sending Jeter Downs, uh, top short, uh, top infield prospect, um, and then another minor prospect out to the Dodger or out to the Red Sox to complete the trade for bets and Price. And then the Twins and Dodgers still worked out a trade individually for uh, Mieta. The Twins still gave the gave the Dodgers Gratterall and also threw in um, Luke Rayleigh, who they acquired from the Dodgers when they traded Brian Dozier to the Dodgers about two years ago. And the Dodgers also threw in $10 million there. So in the end, after like four days of limbo and Boston, I don't know, my take on it is that Boston got all the blowback from their fans after realizing that how bad of a trade that was. And then they were like, oh, hey, wait, 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 we have, we have a problem with this. You know, those, those medical records that, you know, we knew about, there's a, there's a problem there. So they used it to try to renegotiate the trade and get more. I don't know if that's a biased take because I'm a Twins fan, but that's uh, that's sort of what I was getting out of that. I don't know what you two think, but that's what happened. I think it was a PR disaster for the Red Sox, personally. Oh, it like in my opinion, it just showed that the Red Sox had a lack of, I don't know, the, a lack of being a functional organization in this case. Like, they didn't do their due diligence, and they originally they made an offer— they made an offer, everybody accepted, and then they got cold feet and tried to get out of it. And I don't know, it just made them look unprofessional. I don't know. It, it was just a huge PR nightmare for them. Everybody in Boston's pissed about it. But L.A., I don't know. L.A. seems okay. They did have to take a. They're they're eating a lot of David Price's contract. Yeah, uh, half of it. Red Sox, um, who and I don't think David Price is worth anywhere remotely near the amount of money he's having. He's yeah. getting paid right now. He's got like three years, ninety six million left on his yeah, contract. He, it's insane. He's not worth that at all. But it is what it is. They ate it. I think they are getting a good player in Mookie Betts to help them. I think the Dodgers with this trade are just showing that they're going all in this season, uh, thinking that this is the year they're going to win it, obviously. Um, They're hoping that Clayton Kershaw is back and is healthy and doesn't uh, doesn't get injured again like he was uh, last season. But the Twins were just kind of like, oh, hey, we'll hop on in here if we – can and work something out and in the end i think they got a pretty good deal they needed a starting pitcher anyway so it'll be good yeah. for the twins in their race to try and stay yeah. atop of the al central it was, it was a it was a win now move from the twins gradual is i mean he was a top 100 prospect in baseball so definitely a steep price to give up but it was a win-now move. You made your team better for next year when you've got a World Series window open here for next year. So that's why I'm uh, That's why I'm in. That's why I'm in. Anyway, Boston, I think, looked bad. And, yeah, I don't know. The deal got done, though. Boston fans are still upset because Mookie Betts is gone. It's not often you see one of the best players in baseball get traded away like you just saw. So... Maybe this will be the next, whatever, 87-year curse like Boston had when they traded away Babe Ruth. 
in a salary dump. So maybe that'll be the maybe that'll be what happens again. Wouldn't that be fun? Eighty seven years where the Red Sox suck. I would enjoy that. Especially the Red after the Sox suck. The Red Sox suck. I'm not sure that's how that song goes, but okay. Could be a new rendition. You never know. Anyway. The other big piece of MLB news that came across the wire just about two hours ago is that MLB is considering changing their playoff format for the Correction, 2020 two hours season. ago when we record this podcast, not two hours ago from when you were listening to this podcast. Um, no. That's why, that's why White gets upset at us that we're not supposed to add any time things in. I mean, yeah, it, it, it ruins that, that four, four, fourth wall thing. Oh, jeez, I can't talk. Like I'm doing right now. So let's put that fourth wall back up and continue talking about the MLB playoff thing. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who haven't yet heard, the playoff format that is going to be happening, or could be happening, they're kicking it around. This would be for the t- starting in the 2022 season. You would expand the playoffs in each league from five teams to seven teams. And the way the first round would work was that the number one seed, so the top division winner, um, would get a bye through this new first round. Then what would happen is you would take the next two division winners. or So then you'd have this first round. It would be um, best of three series at all three games at the high seeds ballpark. So first of all, all three games would be at the high seeds ballpark. Um, and then, so, but the interesting part is, so that second best division winner, um, would get to choose which of those bottom three wildcard teams. So the teams that finish fifth, sixth, and seventh, as far as record, they would get to choose which one of those teams they'd want to host instead of automatically hosting the seventh team. And then, you know, the, the worst record division winner would then get their choice. And then the best record wild card would host that remaining wild card team in a um, best of three series from there. And then from there, presumably, we'd move on to the regular um, best of five division series, best of seven championship series, and then the World Series from there. Um, gut reaction to this, guys. Go. And then I'll give mine. I don't like how they're doing the the choosing thing in like some weird reality show type format. Yeah, basically to do like Selection <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It's, the it's like, like the Selection Sunday and The Bachelor combined. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> it's like, I, who do you want to have your final rose? You have must watch TV the... and trash TV. Combine them into one and what do you get? <laughs> meh. A dumpster fire. <laughs> meh. You get meh. That's my least favorite part about it, I think. Honestly, I I don't really have much issue with anything else. I agree with Wyatt. I'm open to more game, like those games having more meaning to them. I don't like, I've always been a proponent of, I don't know if the one wild card game is sufficient enough for those two teams playing in it. Um, Like, I like the idea of adding more games, but I don't know if I'm all for the, hey, let's, let me pick the team that I want to play. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a fan of that, but I'm not a fan of expanding the playoffs at all anymore in Major League Baseball, right? So if you're expanding it to seven teams in each league, right, that's 14 of your 30 teams. So basically you're taking half of the league into the playoffs. Now, this works in the NBA where you usually still have the best teams playing, but that's because the talent gap between top and bottom of the playoffs is so much bigger in the NBA and that basketball is so much less fluky than baseball because it's higher scoring, right? We've talked about that on a podcast before, right? That basketball is less fluky because it's higher scoring, right? So you can, you can have that work in the NBA, but it's not going to work in baseball as well. You're going to have obviously worse teams playing, making it further in the playoffs. Basically, you're just devaluing the regular season more. So I went back before this episode and looked at um, the records of basically you're going to take pretty much every above 500, every above 500 or almost every above 500 team every year is going to make the playoffs under this format. 
right? Which makes sense if you think about it. About half the team should finish above 500. If you take about half the teams, you'll take all the above 500 teams. So, right, basically, you're just you're setting the goal to make the playoffs at 82 wins instead of 90 wins, about where it is now on an average year. I really don't like that devaluing of the playoffs. Plus, you're extending the baseball season longer, which means you're going to be playing World Series games in, like, mid-November. It's going to be tough to be playing World Series games in places like Minnesota in mid-November. Just saying. It gets cold at night in mid-November in Minnesota. Well... Here's here's the reality of it. Do you think the Twins are going to be in it in 2022? <laughs> yes, I think this Twins team is... The championship window opens this year for the Twins. Okay. It continues for years after this. Okay. Window's just opening. Okay. Write that down. Twins, 2022 World Series champions. Uh, he said it, folks, so we got to write it down. Wait, no, no wrong segment. Down segment. We'll give him... We'll give him uh, base accordingly later. Kyle, you wrote down some... Well, does anybody have anything else about this playoff format? I mean, not really. I just kind of want to see what happens. I'm yeah, not necessarily against it. I don't think it's actually going to happen anyway. If I think... But. If they're willing to show it in maybe the minors and give us evidence of it, I don't know. But like I said, or like Mike alluded to, or... I, I don't know if this will translate to the big leagues at all, even if they tried in the minors. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. if you y'all don't one mind, more thing, yeah, go for can it. I th- can I throw a curveball in? Oh, get it because it's a baseball segment. This is a baseball <laughs> segment. Uh, so I was I was scrolling through, uh, looking some more into uh, this headline for the new playoff format, and I happened to see this article. Uh, brought to us by USA Today. So Mike Bolsinger uh, was a former uh, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays, and he hasn't pitched in a major league game since his disastrous outing on August 4th, 2017, when he allowed four runs on four hits and three ro- three walks in one-third of an inning against the Houston Astros. Now, this is when the Houston Astros were doing their sign-stealing. Now he's uh, taking the entire Houston Astros team to court uh, for changing the course of his career, uh, as Nancy Armour has reported of USA Today. Bolsinger has followed or has filed a civil suit against the Houston Astros in the Los Angeles uh, Superior Court. Uh, the suit accuses the club of unfair business practices, negligence, and intentional interference with contractual and economic relations. That's a mouthful. Uh, The 32-year-old is requesting unspecified damages for himself, but he also wants the Astros to forfeit the $31 million in bonuses they earned from their 2017 World Series title, uh, with all money going to proceed children's charities and retired players who are in need of monetary assistance. That's a cash grab, like straight up, right? He's donating it all. Yeah, he's donating. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but that's all that it is. Like you can't sue a company for destroying your career. Is that what? Is that basically what he's trying uh, to say? Yeah, you right? can. It's it's called defamation. No. But they're, they're, you they're, that's you not defamation. My, you weren't in my engineering law class. That is a thing. Well, what happened there Major is not baseball, defamation. Not engineering. I know. Yeah, also that. It's not engineering, but if I guess he has a right to take them to court if he if it if he feels like they like that game altered his career. That's whether fair, it, but whether it did in the end alter like was the final straw in altering his career, that's up for an entirety of speculation. So what's gonna happen though is that nothing's gonna get proven and they're gonna settle out of court for you know another undisclosed sum. Yeah, and it's just it, it's a cash grab. Yeah, no one will admit guilt at the end of this. That's for sure. No, that that's garbage. Even so. though the Astros are guilty of sign stealing, but. M- well, according to Major League Baseball, but not according to a court of law. That is, yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, and Major League Baseball is not a court of law. No, seeing as it is in the Major League Baseball charter that the commissioner can basically do whatever he wants as long as it's in the best interest of baseball. And you got to – there's also the reasonable doubt clause, you know, in normal court of – there's a little bit – a little more leeway in civil court, I would suppose, but – 
don't know. Anyway, oh, yeah. that's... In, in the civil court, it's just a preponderance of evidence, yep. you know, to prove beyond I, reasonable doubt. I'm just interested to, to see how many further cases try and come out of this now with this, with Bolsinger filing the first public case. Probably a yeah. lot. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be, it'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. Also, how many times are Astros players going to get beamed? Also, pitchers and catchers report this week, guys. It's baseball <laughs> season. Spring starts tomorrow. I'm so excited. <laughs> Except for the fact that spring isn't really starting because in Indiana, it's supposed to be in the, spring like, it's supposed to be negative tomorrow. degrees soon. I mean, yeah, same thing in Minnesota. But spring starts tomorrow. Spring starts with spring training. So spring starts tomorrow. It's great. Is that what Punxsutawney Phil said? I don't know. What I do know is I know stuff about rules. And one rule we're going to talk about real quick. And I gave you this rule to talk about. You did because I brought it up to you when we were chatting uh, chatting earlier this week. So anyway, so um, in the NHL, there's going to be another expansion draft this offseason because the Seattle somethings, do they have a team name yet? I don't know. The Seattle somethings um, are going to be a, the 32nd NHL franchise coming up starting next season. So there will be an expansion draft in June 2021. Um, so the way this expansion draft will work, right, is that Seattle will select one player from every, every current club except Las Vegas because they just came into the league. They will have to select a total of 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies. Now, they can't just select anybody that they want. Teams have a, an ability to protect some of their players and basically make them unpickable in the uh, expansion draft. So these clubs have two options for the players that they can protect. They can either protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie from their roster, or they can protect a combination of eight forwards and defensemen and one goalie. So you have those two options. So, for example, if you have more defensemen that you would want to protect than just three, you can choose to protect, um, you can choose that eight skaters option as opposed to the seven forwards and three defensemen option. Um, some other caveats in here. Or if there's a player with a no-trade clause, you have to protect them. You have no choice. They have to be one of your players that are nine or 11 players that are protected. Um, another interesting caveat is you can make trades with Seattle conditional on them drafting a certain player from your roster or not drafting a certain player from your roster. That's completely legal too. For example, the Wild can say, hey, we will trade you um, Alex Stalock, if you don't draft Matt Dumba, though I have no reason why the Wild would not protect Matt Dumba, they definitely will. But just, you know, as a thing, if you draft somebody who's not this person, we'll also trade you this person. The expansion draft can get really complicated, so I suggest you eat into it more because it's actually really interesting. I love expansion drafts, and I hate them because, you know, teams' players get stolen. But anyway, you should definitely read into it before June 2021 when that comes, or June 2020 when that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, Mike. Or is it June 2021? Hold on. Give me a minute. Do they come into the league next year or the year after? I'm questioning myself now. I thought you said it was this year. So did I. But then maybe it isn't. It's June 2021. Oh, they still have another year before they get in there. Wow. We're way ahead of ourselves. Okay. That's fine, though. So now all of our listeners are very prepared. Yeah, you got a year and a half to get ready for this expansion draft. My bad. Wow. Now I look like an idiot. I caught myself before the end of the episode, hey. so don't hey, send well, me don't send me a text later correcting me. I caught myself. Well, it, well, it's always it's always good that somebody else looks like an idiot around here, so I'm not the only one. Hey, you're not the only. Have you seen me? Have you heard me? I have heard you. I haven't yeah. actually seen you in quite a while. I mean, my, my video is on your on your face on your screen face actually, on your screen face. Mike, right now. Mike, Skype doesn't Hello. like you. Uh. Accountability session. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, short, short accountability session. Three predictions off the board. One of them was referenced earlier. Um, it was Kyle's prediction. Um, 
he predicted that Tyrese Halliburton will have 350 points and 200 assists this year. He was definitely going to get there if he would have been playing this season, the rest of the season. But he's not, so he will not get there. And since he's officially out for the year, we will take that prediction off the board and give Kyle a nah. nah. Such a sad way to lose. Yeah, that's right. a tough prediction. Um, I had a prediction on the board that I almost took off the board a few weeks ago because I just thought it wasn't going to happen. I had a prediction that the Twins will trade for a pitcher before the start of the year. But they did. Woohoo! I, like, celebrated that I got it right, and then I was like, ooh, do I technically get it right if this trade falls through? But then it got back in, and so we're all good. I do get a ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. For that prediction. And then... Final prediction off the board was Josh's last week, saying that the Bucks would win the next three games. They did indeed beat the Pelicans and Sixers and Magic. So for that, he gets a ding, 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 ding. That is it for our accountability session. Kyle, you want to lead us off with some predictions? Yeah, so my prediction uh, with with Tyrese Halliburton now out, Terrence Lewis will start at least four of the remaining eight regular season games for the Cyclones. Um, um, that's kind of up in the air. Yeah. Uh, hmm, let's see here. Um, that's a good one. Yeah. Let's double. Yeah. 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 Sure. Double's fine. Double. He hasn't started though in his career. Yeah, but now he's gonna. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you talked me into a triple. Did you talk wide into a triple? I just got my heart set on a double. I was already at a triple. And you brought me back down because I think it's going to happen. So double or triple, Wyatt? You make fun of I that. think the likelihood is that Prentice Nixon will start over him. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. Can I get some? Can I at least get some pity for my Tyrese? Oh, yeah. Not happening? Yeah, I'll give you a triple. It uh, should okay. have. Triple for Thank you. What do you got, Mike? I am going to predict that when Selection Sunday rolls around, 11 or more Big Ten teams will make the NCAA tournament. It's going to be 12. 11 or more Big Ten teams. It could be 12. It's going to be 12. I'm going to be mad about it. Let me let me look at the net rankings right now. Yeah, net rankings for Big Ten teams. Right, Yaddy, I'll, get it, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eight Maryland, eleven Michigan State, nineteen Penn State, twenty-one Ohio State, twenty-six Purdue, twenty-eight Iowa, thirty-one Rutgers, thirty-two Michigan, thirty-three Wisconsin, thirty-four Illinois, forty Minnesota, and sixty-one Indiana. Those would be your. Those are that's twelve teams right there. Wait, was yeah I said Michigan in there. So those are your twelve teams. That would be have a chance. I was gonna say a double. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but I'll let Kyle keep looking at stuff. Eleven's a lot, though. Yeah, the only fourteen well, teams in the conference. So I'm gonna say triple because we're looking at the net rankings, which we aren't exactly sure how they care about these. And one of those teams that's super high up in the net rankings, Purdue, is only fourteen and ten. I mean, Minnesota is base is 12 and 11, and they're 40th in the net, partially because they played the hardest schedule in college basketball. But And Wisconsin's only 14 and 10. I, yeah, there's some of, the these teams that are, there's some of these teams that are high in the net rankings that I think are going to be very, very much so bubble teams. Mm. Purdue, Minnesota, Indiana, Indiana. Um, well, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio State are all definitely bubble teams right now. Yeah. I'm going to give you a triple on that Wisconsin. one. Wisconsin. I think that's more triple than double worthy. All right, Wyatt, you got to. All right, I'll defer. Right. Defer twice. I'll, I'll defer All right, so what time. are we going to give him for his previous on episode Minnesota Twins 2022 World Series champions? Wait, what? What? Why is that on the board? I'm confused. He said write that down. Really? Yeah, if I say write that down on this podcast, it's, I mean, it's verbally binding. It's, and you have it's to getting it written down. Yeah, it's it's binding. I, 
I didn't even realize that happened. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What are, the, what are the odds? Triple? Sure. Let's, let's just roll out. How is that not a home run? I'm I don't know. World Series champion three years from now. Because it's going to uh, happen. Two years from now? Wait, you, how can no, you put that on the board? 2020, 2021, 2022. That's three years, Kyle. Do math. Wait a minute. How is this on the board? I thought we had to stay within the season. I mean, yeah, that's also true. We have two conflicting rules here. That, that's more the rule. The prediction has to be in the season and a rule that if somebody says write that down in the podcast, it has to go on the board. I think write that down trumps I don't the think rule. So. And then at the end of the season, we'll have to count it wrong. Have, we'll have to have a no. debate on whether yeah. or not it can. You can write it down if it, if it's because it has to happen before the end of the season. That's the so rule, isn't it? That's it always been goes, that is the rule. It either goes on the board for 2022 or it doesn't go on the board. It can. Oh, that's fair. I didn't think about that. Sure, if you make another spreadsheet. For, yeah, I'll, you I'll have, add it to the spreadsheet. Okay. Go, 2022. That's fine. You make the spreadsheet, it goes on the board. Triple. Triple. <laughs> How is that not a home run? <laughs> How is that not a home run? <laughs> there you go. Series champion. Take it or leave it. Out. Sorry, bud. <laughs> All right, Wyatt. What prediction do you have? Um, the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL will win the, the XFL championship. How do the this courtesy is XFL? brought to you? This prediction is brought to you in courtesy of Kyle Mersch. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Kyle. You're How do the playoffs work in the XFL? So just two, the two teams make it. So you've got conference finals. Or yep. four teams make it. Conference four finals and then a four and then a championship. Okay. Um You gotta gotta stick with the the triple process here, right? Sure, why not? We'll just give everything. All right. everything. Well, I have no idea what to think of that, so we'll just give you a triple. I don't um, either. I just saw them beat who everybody thought was the best team, but does that actually mean anything? Nope. Nope. You got anything from Josh this week? He's still alive? He's still Talk alive. I asked him if he had a prediction for this week, and he said not this week. Oh, well, we already have four right there down predictions up on the board, all being worth a triple. One of them that probably shouldn't be worth a triple. Maybe two. But I don't know if any of those should be triples. If I was actually going to go back and assign it, I'd say double, double, home run, double. I but said all triples. I said double, double, and then I guess I did get your 2022 on a uh, – a triple, but that probably should and be in the up. year of inflation. Wait, no, this is the year of the monkey, isn't it? In the episode of inflation, I guess. Uh, episode of inflation. Why none of the XFL teams named the monkeys? That'd be a great team name. Probably, there's probably like some rights issues or something from the band from the 60s. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Or Pete is just upset about it. Potentially. Maybe the Battle Hawks, but not the monkeys. That's what hawks do, and they battle. So then, look at the dragons. Okay, <laughs> we're at the end of the episode. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you. <sighs> Signing off for the 8311 cast. We have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. R.I.P. Tyrese Halliburton. Mm-hmm.